Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the Hot Block Commander. How you wanna end up one or two hour show to keep the brain running with the premise to talk sports on a national level? Both with the topics, sort of like the rubber when it's game time. Game time. Bad five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and great. The four for twenty six sort of war in Kuwait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys diversified and educated. What up, what's good, War Room family? You are once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts, I'm the boy Dev Mack, and I'm at the War Room Roundtable, as usual, with my brothers. Got Jimmy the Blueprint in the building, got B. Austin in the building. Look, uh, youth sports has always been a part of the three of our lives. You know, we grew up doing what we do, but now our involvement is on a whole different scale, and it's, frankly, a whole different game. Youth sports is a big business and has a bigger impact than ever before. So let's rap about it. Sit back, relax, bust it up again with your brothers in the war room. The greatest man cave in the history of civilization. Episode 688 starts right now. You can get in on the conversation yourself by signing in right now to the By the Hood chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. Or you can join us on Facebook, Twitter, IG, wherever, at War Room Sports. We'll also be taking your calls in about 30 minutes on the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline, that number, as it has been for the past 13 years, 323-410-0012. What up, fans? Yo, question for y'all, man. Would y'all be yes, mad? Sir. Would y'all be mad if Usher sang to your naked broad at his at his concert? <laughs> I think the key word is Why is my broad naked? Why is she naked? <laughs> Why is my broad naked at the Usher concert? I mean, you know, not that I'm... That's what, that's what Kiki's boyfriend asked. You know. Yo, that's Kiki, what Kiki's boyfriend Kiki had them... Kiki had them cheeks. Kiki had them cheeks. Yo, but my out. thing is, my thing is this, though. Why why he asked her on Twitter, though? Why he ain't just call her and say, yo, like, you know what I mean? Like, I think listen, man, people want to do what they want, but they're, they're adults. Right. I think that was pretty much his, his his only mistake. I was gonna say his biggest mistake. I think that was pretty much his only mistake. That's not how everybody else took it. Like he's been taking slander. I mean, it got to a point where he had to uh he had to he had to delete his Twitter account for a minute and then bring it back up. But he was getting slandered all week because, you know, as soon as some stuff like this happened, then the the people come out Talking about misogynists and uh, you know controlling men and this and that. Um, I think it's pretty fair not to want your chick, you know, walking around a public area with her cheeks out. Um, but uh, but also in, but here, in today's day and age, because they dug up some some film of him on Twitter having her shake her cheeks. For the for the cameras, but his big thing was you a mom now. I guess we could act like whores on Twitter. Them together. I'm not talking about Kiki. I'm talking about as a couple. Man, F-O-H- you can whore it out on Twitter, but F-O-H- now she a mom, so we can't do that no more. F O H because you can't you can't control a woman's body. And my thing is, is like these are conversations. All right, so first of all, what I realize is people 
some people look at relationships different than others. What, what's your expectations are, whatever y'all gotta like, you know, that's something y'all talk about up front. Like, and it's an internal. He want to have a, He want. He wanted to be one way. He wanted to be one way, but it's the other way. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, I mean, I ain't trying to <laughs> cop please for ball, but you know, I don't know what they talked about. I don't know if she left and he knew that's how she was gonna be dressed at the concert. I don't know if he even knew she had an outfit that looked like that. So I don't know what's happening in their house. I just know that, you know, when the public get involved, and he got the public involved by instead of, even if you had an issue with it, instead of calling your chick, you know what I'm saying, you had to say something about it on the actual post on, on Twitter. I guess, you know, in today's day and age, you know, that's how you is, stay faithful. My thing is, if it get posted publicly, then you got to so, say something but, publicly, which is stupid. But Yeah, so my, my but my thing is, like, at that point, she already did it. So either she don't respect you, um, y'all didn't have a convo, whatever it may be, she did it. So at that point, you just got to take that L. Um, the responding, the way he responded is trash. No, it definitely was. And I think the biggest thing about it, it probably wasn't even the outfit because, like I said, from stuff that people have dug up, he's proud for the way she looks when she has on something scantily clad. I mean, when she when I, when I she was shaking her cheeks, she wasn't naked, but she had on like a, you know, a cat suit, straight tight, whatever. No, but I, I saw, I saw that added, video, and I saw the video extra, of him making her shake the cheeks. That's what I'm talking about. The, but the added extra mm-hmm. of her actually shaking the cheeks, you know, that, that puts you, even if you're not naked, that puts you closer to that category. So it's like, I'm a you be, know, uh, you were okay with that, but then I, I think it was more about Usher, but he just wanted to make it about the clothes. Yo, man, like shout, his, to the, his shout chick out to the job, really Usher Raymond, man. Her chick, his chick looked really happy in Usher's arm while he's singing to her and looking at the cheeks. <laughs> so I think that might have been Yo, shout really, out to the shout really out to the, Shout out to the God, Usher Raymond, man. Le- living legend, man. Absolute living legend. Shout out to the God. Yo, my man, yo, my man, my man has turned roller skating into a masculine thing to get y'all chicks. Yo, he's just showed yo. up on stage and roller skate. Yo, but that's a, shout out to my guy. Yo, the boys are unbothered. All he do, he like he like a uh, Andre three sack. He just sit around and sing R and B and roller skate. He don't bother nobody. He don't bother, <laughs> he don't bother nobody. Yo, he, he don't. He don't I mean, listen, man. This 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 con this whole situation is basically a contradiction. For, for men and the way that we are and the way that we think and, and I'm unapologetically man. So no, I'm not trying to see my chick in Usher's arms. No, I'm not really trying to see her dress inappropriately, but I am gonna shoot Kiki a little bit of bail. It was a little pro- it was provocative. It was a provocative outfit. But in this day and age and people and, can and call me what they want to control them. My chick ain't. Most of you going to see my, my chick's ass is at the beach. She ain't going out now. But, but yeah, you know, not, on, not, on the I, other I, end, I, though, I, I don't even have to be like that, though, because my chick is so conservative, I have to push her to show her sex. It, right. I, so she ain't I, even, I know, it ain't and, even going to never and get there. But if it was, you say my algorithm may be so effed up that to be honest, what she had on was risque in a sense, but man, these, these girls in her generation and younger are doing so much worse. 
I ain't fucking doing so wives on my algorithm. Like, <laughs> my algorithm ain't about wifeies. <laughs> so I'm a hypocrite. I'm yeah. a hypocrite. So, I mean, yo, that, 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 that algorithm is like 2008 Austin algorithms now. <laughs> <laughs> it might get worse now yo, after somebody done sent me Tsukiyana videos. I'm like, oh, man, now you really going to miss my algorithm. My, algorithm no, just, my algorithm is just ass. It, it wasn't porn. Like, like that, that's just porn with a sewage juice. But. Yo, so shout out to everybody who makes the uh, the gold digger videos and the uh, trust videos. That's, that's my favorite genre right now, yo. Yeah, that, that, and you know, not the like, cause I, yo, I really hate most family, of the yo. prank videos. Shout out to the but I like my man, my man Red. I like his videos. I'm on the phone. I like his. Yeah, I'm on. I'm on the phone. My man Straight be having his finger in his ear talking about. I ain't talking to you. Just said something specifically about this person. <laughs> <laughs> Walk up to somebody saying, I smacked smack the shit out of the next black guy she's standing next to me. No, no, yo, yeah. that's you. I'm on, a, I'm on the phone. You walk up to the only boy in the store with Jordans, like, buddy Jordans, fake as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't talking to you. I'm on the phone. <laughs> I'm on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Oh, shout out to him. That's my, that's my, that. So, so red pranks, um, gold digger pranks, uh, gators, my the moto dragon, snakes, my prank all boys, eating uh, stuff, and, and ass. That's my algorithm. <laughs> Yo, my favorite prank boy is the boy. His name is uh, like Gerald Hudson. He'd be like uh, just cracking on chicks. He'd be telling his name is Hubert, but they call me Hubert. <laughs> Yo, why that name so funny to me? <laughs> Hubert. I think I've seen him, but I don't. I don't know his body of work. Uh, that well, so I'll check out Hubie. All right, but yeah, so you know that's what's been going on in pop culture for the last week. Um, you know, Kiki, Usher, Kiki's booty, and Kiki's boyfriend. Um, so we calm. They, the, the world done calm down on Zion, on Zion, or, they, or no? Yeah, I mean, she, a little bit. Mariah Mariah Mills hadn't done anything drawn this week, not that I know of. She she probably trying to get all her content from Twitter to Threads or something. So dollars, for sure. Yeah, she she might be a little busy. Um, other than that, big news in sports. Of course, they're making a big deal out of LeBron going to the ESPYs and saying he wasn't retiring, as if anybody thought LeBron was retiring. But they need something for the news. Uh, cycle, so you know they're running with it. Like everything since I've sat down him, him on the Dane, show, him and Dane Lillard to the Heat. Yeah, that's the uh, big news. As if y'all cared about Dane ever before now. <laughs> All right, so look, man. Before we get started, started, we just need to remind you that whether you're with us live or not, anytime on demand, you can still check out archived episodes of our show. The War Room and all of our partner shows on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. You can do that at our website, warroomsports.com, or on one of the many major podcast listening platforms because the network is on pretty much all of them. So wherever you listen to your podcast, just look up War Room Sports Podcast Network and you can uh, check out episodes of your favorite network shows. The War Room, Tissue and the Tape for your hip-hop heads, The Broad Street Line and Superstars for your Philly fans, John Appetit, if you like to eat, and on the couch couch with the Wilsons, if you like to, you know, watch TV, movies, documentaries, all that stuff. All right, so let's get into these hot topics, man. Hot topics are brought to you by my bookie, 
War Room family and all degenerate gamblers, it's time for you to make some money sports betting at my bookie. If you still haven't checked out my bookie, then it's time to stop what you're doing. Place a bet, lay down some bread on all the biggest games in sports by joining the War Room and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag. No excuses when you win. You get your money fast with no hassle. They even have in-game live betting so you can place games after the game starts. Join now. My bookie will match 50%. Of your first deposit up to a Diddy, a.k.a. a stack, a.k.a. $1,000, just use promo code WARROOM, all caps, one word, to activate the offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, get paid. That's all there is to it. So before we get into, you know, what we want to talk about this evening, and that's youth sports. And as I look up at the monitor showing LeBron again with his uh, pearl choker on saying that he's not retiring, this is really a big story today. As if anybody thought LeBron Man wasn't played retiring. AKA. Like, I'm watching them put graphics up saying, talking about the Lakers, like, now that LeBron is back, how will the Lakers do next? It's like, what are we talking about here? Anyway, man, Wimby update. Uh, Wimbyana made his summer league debut uh, earlier last week, and he didn't look so good in his first game. He had about nine points, uh, six boards, four assists. Um, looked like he was, I'm not going to say he was getting pushed around, but a lot of times when he got into the lane off of a dribble move, and I'm going to give him credit for his, you know, his dribble moves are kind of impressive, but once he got up in the lane and everything shut down, you know, he, he looked a little lost out there. So everybody, the prisoner of the moment people, everybody came out, you know, hitting you with the, I told you, I told you, your boy ain't ish. And then game two, he had like 27 points, nine boards, and, you know, he, he, he went off a little bit, <laughs> shot really well from the field. Um, so so what, are, what are y'all thoughts? I mean, it's two summer league games. For me, personally, I expected both of these games. I expected performances like this at some point in the summer, um, not necessarily first and second games, but that's all we're pretty much going to get because the Spurs are shutting them down for the rest of the summer. But – um. Did you guys see any flashes of anything? I mean, good game, bad game, whichever one you watch. Did you see any flashes of anything that you found to be impressive or anything that you feel he really needs to get get it together before he steps on the NBA floor? Listen, listen man, as you're fond of no. saying, because the rest of the world does something, that don't mean we're going to do it. I'm not a prisoner at the moment. I don't even know what I'm looking at other than a big-ass African that's six five and incredibly athletic at that height. I mean, he got all the tools to be what they say he's going to be. Yo, he said 6'5", 7'5", beloved. 7'5", yeah, that's what I meant. I, Yo, I, he's 7'5", like every foot. time I see him. He anywhere between 7'2", and 7'5". <laughs> I slighted him. But yo, yeah, the crazy I mean, part is at his age, he, at his age yo, height, he still yo. could be growing. Boy, might be 8'1". <laughs> yeah, that's that's crazy. That's crazy. The um, funniest thing about watching watching Wimby play for one, that this is the biggest hype I've ever seen. LeBron didn't have hype like this. I'm talking about every time he touches the ball, the near the ball, everybody like crowd standing up, my timeline going crazy. But the funniest thing is watching him dunk. Like he don't even jump. He don't have to jump. I'm like, yo, he gonna be punching on cats left and right, like. His ability is to, like, put his hand in the sky and just dunk the ball. I don't know if I've ever seen that before, yo. Right. And the uh, the exact stats on Friday night, 
Uh, he had nine points, eight rebounds, five blocks, three assists. He was two of 13 from the field and one of six from the three-point line. Then he followed that up on Sunday with 27 points, 12 rebounds, three blocks, nine for 14 from the field, two for four from three, and seven for 12 from the free throw line and told all the uh, game one dudes to shut the hell up. Because, um, you know, I saw a lot on social media, bad game, and I actually went back to some of those same areas to see if those same folks were saying anything after the second game. And it's like, if you're going to go on him after one game, no, was then quiet. you can't be quiet after the second game. Even if you're rooting for him to fail. Because if you're just going to come out after one game and you're saying that, then obviously you're probably rooting for him to fail. You got to keep that same energy. You know what I mean? A lot of people, you got to be consistent with your hate. <laughs> you got to be steadfast. Yeah, you, you can't you gotta, you back gotta, into the corner and just be quiet because he had a game. Right, right. You got you to you you die on this score. Figure out, figure out something small that he did wrong and just go in on that. Right. Crazy part, though, about the first game, the one that we consider his bad game, where he's going to contribute regardless of the kind of game he has on the defensive end, the dude had five block shots. Didn't even play that many minutes, but he he, he shot terribly. But he had five blocks. Yo, so he, like he, he might be, able be playing the worst game ever offensively, but he's still going to be a factor on the on the defensive end of the floor. So that's one thing he has going for him, you know, going into his rookie season. What do you say, B? I could see him averaging anywhere from eight to ten blocks a game. Eight to ten blocks, yo. <laughs> He's gonna be yo, the greatest yo. block. Fuck is this? Fuck is this? He said eight to ten. Yo, I think the most eight I've ever ten. seen in my life was like three. He said eight to ten. Yo, yo, dope a dog food. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yo, yo, man. averaging ten blocks is insane, yo. Averaging 10 blocks is Wilt Chamberlain, Bill Russell type stuff, and they didn't even record it back then. People just tell you, yeah, they probably oh. average more than that. <laughs> yeah, they like, definitely yeah. average that. I'm going to end up I'm, – I'm, I'm deciding now whether I'm going to be on the Wemby train, pause. I'm going to make Sonny Hill mad if we ever have a chance to speak to him again. No, me. I, I, I never mad. have a reason to be like, to jump on the negative side of anything, like, you know, until somebody give me a side. I mean, give me a reason, but, like, I don't I don't feel like there's no reason for me not to root for this kid right now. Um, Jimmy, I think I think the sycophants might be getting to you a little bit. I know you, you're not, like, not rooting for him, but I know you – you mentioned like the hype. And no, I'm just people. talking about the hype. I, I, yeah, no, yeah. I, actually, I want to. No, I mean, but well. you know what? Like, a lot of times, people though, if, don't if, like if, somebody. That's really why. Those are the people that's making you not so, like somebody. So, but the funny part about it is, he's he one of them Johns again. Where dude is so polarizing that I almost win every time he plays because either the dudes that like jump the gun to hate, I get to laugh mm-hmm. at them, or the the hype machine, I get to laugh at them if he doesn't play well. So it's like I I, I win either way. Um, right. I, I mean, I lose way, but I mean, Jimmy, I, I, you I just, and I will just do our normal. We just stay in the middle and just laugh at everybody on both sides. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'm gonna laugh at somebody. Like I'm not trying to. Play, I'm not trying to Joey Chestnut the young bull, or I'm not trying to hate on the young bull. So you know, <laughs> I just, I just <laughs> find it interesting watching him play because he's like so he's so weird looking. Like 
I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be like weird to watch him play. Like he was I was like an hoping the Spurs sign Bobo. I was hoping the Spurs sign Bobo just so they could put them on the floor at the same time, and I could just watch the Spurs and laugh. That'd be crazy. <laughs> that that would have been that would have been crazy. Um, like and we got last Chet coming week, back. Bobo Bo like has too. Right. Bobo has make become it, the prize. Would it make it real crazy? Is when you got two seven foot plus dudes stopping at the three point line. <laughs> hey, that's about to be that's about to be all the seven foot plus dudes, man. Soon. Yeah, basketball as we know it. Basketball as we know it is 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 gone. And what we're about to talk about, you know, youth sports, the 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 influence is trickling down to youth sports, especially you know in the basketball realm. So. The fact that this is what these young dudes are seeing is pretty much curtains for the next 20 years of basketball. If you don't like it, you're going to be in trouble because, you know, I'm out there on the front lines. It's it's coming. Trust me. <laughs> That's how everybody going to be playing hey, in the next 20 years. Um, all right, so let's, let's talk about that, man. We've been – we've had little micro conversations, and this is actually um, – because people have heard us talk about youth sports and some of the impact and big business, but we talk about it in spurts. And usually when we're talking about it, you know, me and B are talking about our own uh, experiences. In it. So a lot of people are like, yo, because I keep teasing, like, yo, we could do a whole show about this. So people are like, yo, why don't you go ahead and do that whole show? So this is by popular demand, man. We're going to talk about the impact of, of youth sports um, not only on collegiate and, and professional sports, but just on society in general. Um, I didn't even write notes for this one. I'm I'm freestyling this one. So let's get into it. My whole life is a note. <laughs> I know. I mean, yeah, because a lot of it is going to be like what I've witnessed. And the first thing I've witnessed about uh, youth sports in 2023, or at least in our current day and age, is that youth sports is pretty much they've pretty much priced a lot of the population out of youth sports on any serious level. Would y'all would y'all agree with that? I mean, because if you look at basketball, you look at baseball, you look at soccer, pretty much anything your kids playing, it's at such a high level now. All of these kids have trainers, um, all the, the price of equipment in some of those type of sports is so crazy. It's yeah. like we've priced out a whole area of the population, which is why we talk about a lot how we used to watch sports and we used to watch the draft and everybody was so emotional because it wasn't just I'm living out my dream of getting drafted. It's I'm taking care of my whole family because we grew up poor and I was the only hope that we had. Every time I say that and think about that, I think about Stephon Marbury when he got drafted. That might have been like the most touching draft moment I've ever seen in my life. But like, have y'all noticed this in youth sport? Like we used to go out, we used to go out and just play. That's how we learned. Yo, I'm gonna tell you. That's why I think we were more of a competitive generation than they are now. But they are far more skilled in every sport than we are. Because we about to we about to get it in, we about to get it in. But I want to start with the end first, at least my end, and I'm curious to 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 hear y'all take on this. 
particularly the ones we love, particularly the ones we love, are soulless. They're losing their soul. And I think the thing that we appreciate, I know this is going to feel like a get-off-my-lawn moment, but I feel like the things you go through in your youth without the trappings of a contrived and structured environment are what that that's what creates that's where the creativity comes from that's where the soul comes from that's where the beauty the beauty of what we experience was yo in the summertime get out of the house at 8 a.m. and don't come back until 10 and all you did all day was hoop and get in trouble but hoop some more like there was I no mean, you know, get off my lawn you crazy right. kid <laughs> hoop yeah. play football there was no you know, whatever we were into just go do it. Because now I can watch these kids, and yes, they're skilled. Yes, they're skilled. But a lot of them still don't know how to play with all of that skill. Why? Because you think of the word. The word is play. The word is play. You didn't have time as a child to play. So you're getting these skills to go and do what? You don't know how to play with. You don't know how to play with a team. You don't know how to play in a game environment because everything is structured. For you now, the economics, yeah. the price. They all, you know, they, all they all cone killers. They be tearing them cones. Yo, cone I always killers. tell kids, I'm yo. like, yo, in the game, I'm gonna tell y'all move. funny stories. You're not getting that move I'm off every time you want because the cones move. You know what I mean? I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna. I'm gonna share a funny story when it's time, and we can segue into into my experience. Dev got to talk because Dev Dev is yo. Your kids play everything. Let and me, you coach Pat. Let me just like, ask you. They they real, real throwback. Yo, your kids is real throwback kids because that don't even happen anymore. That yeah. don't even happen. The, and, and they actually are me. because I actually let had me, to let tell me, them today they let couldn't me, go outside because it's 95 degrees. Yo, they go out and play in the dirt, yo. <laughs> yo, I tell my kid when he was younger. Yo. He's about y'all, y'all kids, your kids age, Dev. I used to just tell him, yo, go play in the dirt. Like, what you mean? Yo, go play in the dirt. No, I was just gonna I was just gonna start off um with a with a quote from one Talib Kwali. You know Get off my lawn, you crazy right. kid. Saying, <laughs> get off my lawn. But listen though. Um so so he's called it soulless. Soulless is a, is very strong, but to me, um this is capitalism and it's really that simple. A hundred million people agree with that. It, no, it, it really is just that simple. This is what capitalism does to everything. It, it, it eats everything, it swallows everything, pause, and, you know, it has an effect on the lower caste, right? So in America, we still live in a caste system, and the people at the bottom always get affected um, in a negative way. So to me, this is just a, the, the another, I mean, capitalism has gotten its hands on sports. Um so oh, all the results from business, this, yeah. this, this is just what happens. I mean, this is what happens. I watch the Little League World Series every year, and it's just, like, crazy to see how much product's being sold, how many things are being marketed, and these are kids from all over the world. So, right. I mean, this was bound to happen. It's bound to happen in the game. Yo. Um, I do believe, though, and it's funny, though, because now watching so many ex-athletes on podcasts, you get a different perspective. I do feel like – 
I mean, it's kind of always been this way. It's probably just a little more exaggerated because of media. But when you hear the older players talk, some of the stuff was exactly the same. Um, in fact, the funniest thing I saw today was, uh, was uh, uh, shout out to Jeff T, because who knew Jeff T had a personality? But um, he was talking about playing for the Bucks and, like, literally hating on his own team. Like, and, you know, what's this got to do with youth sports? But he was talking about, like, this whole idea of athletes and honor and competitiveness. He was like, yo, that's BS. He was like, in fact, let me tell you the truth. Like, we be hating on each other on our own team. He's like, I was hoping we lost when we played the Nets because I wasn't getting no clock. But anyway, <laughs> with all that being said, though, um, a lot of things that as fans we romanticize just aren't, aren't facts. But Yo, hold, hold on, hold on, real quick. No, the stuff that we've played, talked about so far, Jim, it's it's a whole different world, dog. You played youth sports. Yeah, all yeah, three of us played youth yeah. sports. It is no, a no, no, whole no. different world. Those dog. are two different conversations, yeah. though. Yeah, I'm about to say, you know, you know, you 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 gotta, you know, no youth basketball game is free these days unless you're playing like county ball on that level. But yo, we can. But the, again, that's that's capitalism, though. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, no, 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 so listen, at some point, Jimmy, like, because I hear Jimmy, a lot of you, parents yo, are, you, are you, a lot of parents are upset about that because it's like, all right, I pay all of this money for my kid to play, you know, a sport on this level, and then I can't even get into the game for free. And yo. then, then now this is not this is not around the board, but we got a league here, a popular league that that plays in Virginia, Northern Virginia. So they're charging parents fifteen dollars to get into the game to see their to see their kids, right? Mm-hmm. Then they're asking the coaches, they're putting the pressure on us to get two, you know, to get parents to work the scores table. Y'all getting all After this they, money at the gate. Y'all can't pay some, some high schoolers or somebody to sit at the scores table. People come here, most of these parents are coming here to record. Like the, the funny thing to me is, is like when we're having trouble finding somebody to volunteer, the league really be acting like it's a surprise and then be starting to threaten us. Well, you know, you're going to forfeit the game, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, why are you surprised? This is so serious that y'all are charging $15 for it after you get, you know, just to get into the league. It's probably like five or $600 per team to get into the league. You got stuff at the, mm-hmm. at the door. You got concessions that people got to pay for. Most of these people are if – you, if you're on that level and you're paying all of this money for your kids, these parents are taking it seriously. So most of them are coming in here to videotape the whole game. Most of them are coming yep. in, in there to be sideline coaches. Like people don't have time for that. And then they get upset. I hear refs screaming at people at the table all the time because start the clock. Or change the score. This, I'm like, I'm sitting there telling to the rest sometimes, like, what do y'all expect? These people came here to see their kid play, and y'all got them working. And the only reason y'all they volunteered to work is because y'all threatened to forfeit the game. So y'all. it is really big business. Because I thought once you paid to watch a sporting event, I thought that made people professionals. I guess you got to pay yeah. them to make them professionals. Yo, this is this is this is a crazy conversation, and the way that it started off, I. I I was going for a little bit of shock value, but not really. And I said, it's devoid of soul. And then, Jimmy, you went and said capitalism. What kills soul more (laughs) than capitalism? (laughs) Yo, you just, like, we started, we basically started this conversation at the end. 
right? And, right. and Jimmy and just dropped us, the mic on the conversation. Capitalism. You yeah, dropped the mic on, on soulless and much. soulless capitalism has infested itself in youth sports. Boom, mic drop, done. Conversation over. That that's it. And we grew up where we grew up as poor black kids, basketball is our outlet. Now basketball is for middle class and affluent kids because you're not playing outside. You got to get a trainer because you're not going to the playground. So you got to get a trainer. Same parallel for football, a.k.a. soccer. When you leave the United States of America, soccer is the world sport for poor people. Four billion poor people play soccer. You come to the U.S., What's you which which what's your tuition uh what's your tuition up there uh Death, for, for for a soccer team for a youth um, soccer team well cuz you know my kids don't play yet on that level that that George does but just for girls 7 year old girls um the they my daughter's just made a county travel team so they're going to be all over Anne Arundel County in the fall for them, it was like four hundred dollars a piece. Seven year olds. Yo, four hundred dollars for seven year olds. Four hundred. Yo, four hundred dollars no, for seven year olds. For for Chase, if you now if you, you if either way, like I think nationwide. So I know what you're doing. For for Chase, for Chase, now we ain't going to talk about that because that's diff, that's that's kind of sort of by choice. For Chase, I, it's two thousand dollars. I already know it. I know what it is. It's two grand. Right. I mean, it's which is why he no longer plays travel soccer. He plays soccer for his school because, you know, gotcha. three plus you gotcha. got other kids that, that's in the multiple activities. Like, dude, you got to pick two. And you pick because two. I can tell y'all <laughs> baseball for the year, he plays a fall season and, and he plays a, a spring season and they have like winter workouts baseball the fall the spring season is the main season so spring season alone is about two grand travel baseball and that's before um the uniform the actual trips that's before if it's travel baseball you're paying the fee but that's before the actual trips so you know you gotta this just a couple of weeks ago we were in north carolina for baseball two weeks before that we were in delaware um, a few weeks before that, we were in Pennsylvania, and then you mix in a couple of basketball trips in there as well. Um, basketball is all year round, so you know it's yeah. it's 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 crazy. Like I said, the the investment that you put in for your actual you're you're, you're spending you're spending anywhere for basketball. I know at on the AAU circuit, you're spending anywhere from eight thousand to twelve thousand dollars. For a ten to twelve year old kid, you spend it anywhere. When you total it all up with the travel, the fees you're spent now, what family, middle class and lower, has a thousand dollars a month, eight hundred dollars a month to invest in recreation? For the kid, for See, the and the difference is we talk about what we romanticize. Like back in the day, you had, you know, you had certain teams, AAU teams that got together and traveled, and, you know, they didn't have this type of money. But if you look back at, all, you know, a lot of those teams, 
a good portion of those people made the NBA. So they were investing. They had sponsors. They were investing in mm-hmm. those kids because that yeah. sponsorship money was diesel. Now, these teams, these organizations are still getting sponsorship money, but you're still, you know, <laughs> it's just so much money to go around because you're still charging the, the, the kids all of this money, and you're still getting sponsorship money if your organization, you know, the better your organization gets, the more money they get. So it's like one of those things where you're thinking, like, where's all the money actually going? Because you figure if these kids helped your program get good enough to get this big sponsorship money, then shouldn't their fees be going down? (laughs) Yep. Well, here's the thing, right? They're they're being hit over the head, too, with, with whatever cost they have. So, again, this all goes back to the idea of, of I mean, the, the the country hates poor people, man. It is what it is. This country hates poor people. I mean, but people. their their fees only, come only in, like, league fees, circuit fees, because, you know, now they have AAU circuits. Like, you have, like, in basketball, you have hoop group, you have mate, you have uh, uh, marquee. Oh, you know, it's, like, it's just a where they bunch play of different at, though, circuits. Who owns, who owns the actual facilities? Who owns the facilities? Great question. That's the thing. A lot of these people don't own the actual facility, so a lot of that money has to go because, to actually well, having a place. Well, Remember, what, Jim, we always talk about That's what I was about to say. The reason, huge. The reason I asked that question not. is because here in Philly, here in Philly I was talking to, um, as a matter of fact, um, you know, the board of Rahim we just talked to at, uh, at Izzy's mm-hmm. place. He runs, he runs all kinds of youth sports programs. But he, he was telling me is like a lot of times in terms of being able to play in certain places, they charge so much for the facilities that people think his program is making money. He was like, but we're paying it all out just to have a place to play. Now, again, that could be his his unique experience, but that's why I asked the question, who owns the facilities? Because a lot of times that money flows back to them. Um, but, again, that's, that's, that's also what capitalism does. Man, money always flows to land somehow, some way. Um, so, so and it's, 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 kind of, it's sad and unfortunate <clears throat> because – Everything is connected. When you look in the inner cities, you are talking about Houston, New Orleans, Philadelphia. Like they don't even have programs in the inner city like they did when we came up. They don't exist. So now these kids don't have anything to do. So what do you think? They're going to they outside acting a damn fool because they don't even have programs. Um, shout out, shout out to the because the money's athletics. not there. The crazy and thing though. hanging on by shoestrings right now. <clears throat> The crazy thing that I've noticed, and this is this isn't even like a twenty twenty three thing, man. I started noticing this around maybe twenty ten, even before that. Like I ride around certain inner cities, and the basketball courts are just empty. That was kind of unheard of, like back in the day. That was kind of unheard of. But, and this is why I tell a lot of these kids, I'm like, y'all are so spoiled. Some of y'all never even played outside. Like my team now is actually in a league, an outdoor league in Baltimore. But what they had to do, they had to merge the 6th and 7th grade teams because (laughs) the program knew that nobody was really going to take it seriously. So just to get enough people to play, we had to merge two teams. I mean, it's literally, it's a game tonight at 745. I'm not even going, but (laughs) so, you know, I let the 7th grade coach uh, take it and I just, said, you know, I'll try to send some people from my team. I think I think one person from my team is going. But these kids aren't used to playing outside. They have no reason to play outside. They could be in the comfy confines of a gymnasium, and that's how they came up. 
You know, that's where they're going to be. Yo, but that's why we're going to go back to the – I ain't mad at them. Shop it up. I know. I, I'm not mad at it either because, you know, when I was growing up in North Philly, yo, when Dev, we Dev had Dev access Dev. to the YMCA, we went inside the YMCA. But at the same time, it's still different as far as these kids being self-starters. Like, a lot of this is still their parents pressuring them, you know, to, to go do some work, to go to a training, to go to a practice, to do whatever. That is the difference. Like, we, we just wanted to hoop. Like, I see a lot of kids, mine included, who have hoops out in front of their house. And that joint really just be out there getting weathered and, and nobody using it unless you actually say something to them. Like, yo, you got a hoop outside your house. Why don't you go use it? Like, that's yeah, that's man. The shout these kids like, Shout out to these kids living a soft life, man. Because I'm actually low-key low jealous. I wish I could live a soft life. Shout out to them. I'm... I'm I, but I like I like what it kind of did for us though. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I, like I said, Jim, I will never ever romanticize and act like we had more skills than these kids. These kids can do stuff at an early age. That I mean, my son went to a training the other day, and him and every other 11 and 12 year old at that at that training can do stuff with a basketball as far as handle handling that. I still can't do it this age and never, you know, got to a point where I could do that. But there, there is a distinct difference. Like what B was talking about earlier, there's definitely a distinct difference. Put it like this, Jim, you know how we went out, you know, I know you used to be out at, at, at Mallory every day, you know, earning your stripes. Yeah. I think because where we're from, you know, inner city, especially, it's just a uh -huh. more competitive environment. Like you don't want to fall behind because you don't want to be the dude when we out there that's not getting picked. You know what I'm saying? Or you don't want to have a no, reputation for not being able to play a sport or, or whatever. It's not but what I'm saying is like the parents, whole, the whole, the whole really paradigm has shifted. Yeah. yeah, but the whole paradigm has shifted though because this is what I this is the way I look at it because in the inner city kids don't even really play ball no more. So it's like they're never going to have to compete against kids with that kind of hunger because those kids don't even play ball no more. They they're they're all. Committing crimes. It's like I'm joking. I sound like a white <laughs> rainbow. But no, they just on the phone. No, 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 right though. I mean, but that goes back to our first point, no, where a lot of people have been priced out of the game, which is why back in the '80s and '90s it was a badge but, but, of honor. Like when we went to college, what city you came from? Oh, they got some ballers there. They got some ballers there. Most of the ballers come from the suburbs now. <laughs> in yeah, DC, so I mean, all the ballers come from PG County, and you know some of them are. Not I mean, as well off, but a lot of them live in you know seven, eight hundred thousand dollar homes. Yo, PG County got a whole documentary just about PG County and, and, and uh, <laughs> their hooping exploits. But no, so I just think it's a different time. It's a whole different thing. It, I think that you know time has moved forward. And one of the things I respect about these young kids, man, when it comes to sports and it comes to everything else, like one of the things I do respect is like yo, stuff just don't be that serious to them, like. Like basketball is Nothing a life is. or death. Like I, I, I couldn't breathe if I couldn't play ball. But they just don't care, and I, I low key am jealous of that. Like they don't look at any. Like it's funny because I be looking at like people our age online argue about everything from politics to like, you know, uh, gender to, to to race to this, and these kids just don't care about none of that. Right, but you know what, Jim? That they point that you just made, just, like for us, you know, what I'm saying until we got to a certain age and we actually played people of a certain level. We all had them, them in the back of our mind. We had them dreams, like, oh, maybe one day, 
You know what I'm saying? For me and Jimmy, it was the, it was the yeah. exact same moment when we finally got to play against Kobe. We realized we probably needed to go study yeah. a little harder. Because um, if that's what's yeah. going to the NBA, then, you know. Yeah, Today, I had that moment, I yeah, think I had that moment so, over and over again. I think, like you said, Jim, back then, <laughs> it was more of a meal ticket for people back then. Sports, hip-hop, all of that. Like, you're doing this to get out of a certain situation. Today, I think the parents are the ones pushing it more because even though, you know, a lot of these parents are, are decent, you know, financially, they're trying to push their kid to at least help them with college because of the cost of college, you know, when these kids get older, it's, gonna, it's just getting crazier and crazier every year. So that's why I think the parents are, are pressed. That's why sport, youth sports are so serious to parents, and you'd be out here seeing parents rumbling refs and, and, and all kinds of stuff where you'd be like, yo, it's about the kids. But it, it really gets to a point where it's really not about the kids because the parents are looking at this as where the kids used to look at it as a meal ticket. Parents are looking at this as relief. You know what I'm saying? So but everybody but what's thinks interesting their kids though is, what's, what's interesting, though, is, like, you see this, like, I mean, even even a lot of hip-hop artists now that are at the top levels of hip-hop, they come from middle-class families. Middle-class families, yeah. You know, they, they – and it's funny because I was um, listening to an R&B podcast. Yeah, listen to R&B podcast, Judge Your Mom. But, yeah, I was listening to an R&B podcast, and they were talking about, like, even within the, the space of rhythm and blues, like, they, no one is coming from, quote-unquote, the church or the streets anymore. Most of these kids have private – you know, piano teachers and the kids that have become like big army stars now. It's the same thing, and every 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 aspect of life gets affected by capitalism. Right. So it's not it's youth sports, but it's a lot bigger than that because literally all the arts are the same way. Kids be like kids don't paint for the love of painting anymore. They be having like private paint instructors and stuff when they're like three years old. So it's like it, this has affected everything. This is just what it is. This this so, country so essentially is, so essentially we country, turned it we turned it into a job early. This country yeah. isn't built for poor people. I don't know how anyone survives. Like it, it, it's like it's not and, and, they, and they're being squeezed and they're being squeezed and they're being squeezed. The country's just not built for poor people. You can't do anything. Like what can you do with our money these days? Like yo, it costs a breeze. Like literally. Shoot, my my little small town that I live in has. Um, a hockey arena and a hockey team. You know, that's most of the, the, the O-Face, but it's crazy when I hear about their fees because now you're getting to, you know, this crazy, all this extravagant equipment and all that kind of stuff. Even when we're talking about youth football, a lot of my good friends um, that live here, they, they coach youth football. I remember we played youth football back in the day, Jim. Shout out to, you know, I played for the Oak Lane mm-hmm. Wildcats. We go out there. Yeah. You make the team. You play, two, like, two games in the preseason. You play, like, a six-game schedule. You play playoffs. Football's over. You, you hand in your yeah. whatever equipment was borrowed. You hand in your helmet. You go on to the next. All that kind of stuff. And we'll see y'all next fall. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, we're on to the next fall. Now, it's just like, like kind of professional football. My my homie that coaches says, yeah, oh, his team right now. Um, because and the reason I know this is because some of these kids play two sports. So one of my one of my ball players is the starting quarterback for the, the local team, the Bowie Bulldogs. 
sometimes he couldn't make stuff in the spring because my man got seven on sevens. <laughs> and they actually play these kids in like a seven on seven league. So the quarterbacks, receivers and running backs get ready for the season. And then they have training camps. They come in early. They have like spring practices and all that kind of stuff. We didn't do all that back then. So these kids are so much more prepared to play the game. But like I said, being so close to it, I can attest that a lot of it is like pressure for their parents. These kids want to just be kids too at, at, at times. They, they want to just be kids. So like you said, B, a couple minutes ago, or to Jimmy's point, you were like, so what we've done is we've made it a job early. And that's yeah, definitely made it because we, some people fell through. The, I mean, we were serious about it when we did it, but there was a season for this. There was a season for that. There's no longer a season for basketball. Basketball goes damn near year round. The AAU season is over in July. So you get, you're supposed to get, you know, some of July and August off, but there's always leagues somewhere. Cause then you got summer leagues. That's not like a AAU thing. But everybody who plays on that level are serious enough that they're not going to stop playing. You know what I'm saying? Because nobody wants to get left behind. And that was the whole thing. With That's COVID. exactly the point I was getting ready. That was the point I was getting ready to make. Because you can't <laughs> right. stop it at this point. Because again, that is a function right. of capitalism. You can't stop because everybody else is going. So I can't be left behind. Right. You so don't want to get up. left behind. So now I'm doing this. You don't want to come back to the real season so I mean, and you, you know? trash. And everybody else got better. Cause everybody else out here training, everybody else out here still active. So yeah, mm-hmm. football. Seven meanwhile, seven, meanwhile, stuff but we this, hear but about this is also all right. But this is also why now you have kids who play basketball and they do all these things again. Again, it's not just basketball or football or baseball. It's the arts. It's all these things. These kids who get to a high level professionally and they're miserable because because <laughs> of what you said. It's been pressure put on them their whole life. They don't even know who they are. They don't know what they like. Right. And now they're dealing with no, mental health they, issues, even though they're at they, the highest they, level of their profession, but they can't even they, they deal with mental health issues. They, like, they're, they're, so they're never able to. Yo, it's a bunch mm-hmm. of, Jim, it's a bunch of sports Michael Jacksons. You never really got to be uh-huh. a kid. You know what I'm saying? I read a study the other day that said that the average adult, right, average adult honestly doesn't know what makes them happy. They know what they have to do or what they should be doing, but they don't know what makes them happy. And as I read that, I was like, damn, that's kind of crazy. So yeah. some of these kids, you know, get to this level, but they don't even know what makes them happy because they never had a chance to figure it out because they're going from one thing to the other thing to the other thing, and they don't even know what it is that makes them happy in life. They, you know, successful, successfully miserable. Let me give you all something else that's big in, in youth sports these days. Um, and this is why, Groupies? like, that's what I like. This, <laughs> this is definitely – not me romanticizing on the past and because I, I put it to you, I, 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 I say it like this. Like I said, these skills way more skilled, but I think let's say not even now at 12, let's give them three more years. Chase, my son turns 15 and he, he bring his five, you know, you always do these, you know, these fake games, these generational games. And, and Jim, we bring our five, like when we were 15, like if that game was ever able to happen, if it was able to be simulated, like these dudes would be so far ahead of us skill-wise, but I still think we'd win the game. 
because I really oh, think we'd be tougher. I think we'd be more competitive, and I well, think we all, know how all, to play the game a little better. And the reason I say that is because a lot of these youth sports is to the point where it's like mercenary for hire. I was telling you guys a couple of weeks ago on the show how some people in Philly for the last few months have been hitting my line trying, you know, because I'm plugged into the to the hoop scene down here in, in, in PG, hitting my line trying to get me to find certain players or get in touch with certain players' parents so they can go on trips like uh, Florida to nationals and stuff with these teams. You know what I'm saying? But the kicker on that, we've seen that in, in high school AAU, and we always talk about the culture has gone to the NBA it was evident when Bron wanted to play with uh, Wade and them because they had played AAU together, not the, not together like they were on the same team, but I'm pretty sure at some point somebody was called to a tournament and played a couple of games with them, played a tournament or two with them. They're doing this now. The people that were calling me were doing this for fifth graders. So it's like calling me, asking me to get in touch with people from other organizations in PG, people that I don't know. Like, I know the coaches. I can get in touch with a coach and say, yeah, such and such in Philly is interested in one of your players. You know, can you get me in touch with the parents so I can pass the information on so they can go from Philly and PG all the way down to Florida and play in a tournament together. Now, we've known, we've known no, for years. We've heard about this happening in high Sicario. school. This was fifth graders, yo. It's that serious. Yo, real quick, like we're I'm we're calling three, two, three states down, so I can grab somebody from there to go with us another five or six states down and play with us. <laughs> That's how serious it is, and I see this in every sport. When uh, before Chase, yo, real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick. Mm-hmm. Let me, let me, all right, real quick. So in the in the chat, because uh, Skyview don't text me because. You think we ignore him? Um, a couple things though. He said he said a facility is not free. He said he's actually thinking about building something. He was researching building an AAU so six court facility. So talks with a couple of my cousins. He said he said that money has to be recouped. That money will be recouped by any means necessary. Lights aren't free. Employees aren't free. And the building alone is in the millions. Um, he said so. We definitely See, want to include but, attendance fees, league fees. Got to get let money me, off the He said this is basically like a pro let, let, let me tell you all this, though, because the, the point that he's making was off a, a part of our conversation when I was talking about people charging to get in. That's the league's money. The league has already paid the facility because let's say you got let's, – let's go to a big tournament. Let's say, uh, Jim, the joint in Pennsylvania, Spooky Nook, biggest uh, sports facility in America, they say. When they have a basketball tournament, they have about 40 basketball courts. Um, the biggest thing they do, the biggest thing I think they've done there is like the East Coast Nationals. There's like 500 teams there. It's like $475, $500 per team. That's the stuff that, you know, Whoever's sponsoring the tournament, or I mean, whoever's throwing the tournament, A Game Hoops, whoever, Premier One, that money goes to pay the facilities because that money gets paid early. You got to pay that so they can pay their facilities so you can be there. The gate receipts, 
that's all going to the to the people that's throwing the league or throwing the tournament. I mean, unless there's a balance that they owe that they can help out with, you know, with with the gate receipts. But other than that, so we go back to this league in Virginia. This whole fifteen, this fifteen dollars, the the facility is already paid for. They do that beforehand. So this fifteen dollars is just going. I'm not saying they don't have any more costs because I'm pretty sure they do, but that ain't about the lights because they don't own any of these places. So the facility gets gets taken care of first. You can't have a league or a tournament without taking care of the facility first. So it's definitely big business. These these leagues got a lot of bread to, to go around. Well, it boils down to still capitalism because if you think about it, the infrastructure is nice, but do you need all of that the whole a basketball. Yo, Spooky Nook pay you got to pay to get in, and you got to pay to be in their parking lot. <laughs> they yeah. get money. Yeah. That, them, and yeah. that facility is amazing. Yo, um, that facility, yo, they, they you got to pay ten dollars per day to get in the parking lot. And the way they get you with that, they get you on the way out, so you can't get out of the parking lot unless you give the attendant ten dollars instead of doing it coming in. Hey, For yo, like a weekend quick, tournament, you- it'll be like. 15 a day, or they'll give you a discount, and, you know, you can do the whole weekend for, like, $40, $40 or something crazy like that. <laughs> Yo, Scobby wants to know, Scobby wants to know, do the kids uh, still play Rough House or 21? No, no, not really. Not really. But the thing is, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you this, though. Most of the time, when when I'm around kids, it's in a, you know, it's in a formal capacity. Adult so, capacity. I can't really tell you if if we weren't there, if this was just free gym time, would a game of twenty one break out? My thought would be no, because no, anytime I've seen work, kids dog. get when I seen kids when I see kids get a little bit of free time, they like to play a game called knockout, and then they'll just run up a you know the kids they say V these days. Let's get a two V two or three V three. So it's not a lot of twenty one going on. Nah, they, oh, they, man, they, still, they still, no, they still, they still play rough. Rough house is at work, though. You know what I'm saying? Still but you would think bit, with the know? individual yeah. skill training they get, that would be their thing. Yeah, yeah. So, so <laughs> I was, I, I was going to Rough house get, was, was our individual skill training. Get, we didn't have training. Uncle, rough house was our training. Uncle, That's how we learned Uncle how to. Uncle B still hits the playgrounds. God, happens is too. happens is too, They play a little rough. They play a little rough house but they're more likely to play king of the court, which is basically 1v1v1v1. And these little cats play two dribble and three dribble. I didn't even know what that was until I was a senior in high school. Yeah, I've seen that. Skills. I think that, yo, that's all. Skills. But when they get on the court. Yo, and that's why I'm more about, like, developing how to play. Like, they send a bunch of kids to you that got skills. They have to be taught how to play as a team because everybody gets individual training. So anybody, they take you off the dribble and hit you with something mean one-on-one. But when it's time to mm-hmm. think the game, that's when it gets a little frustrating. Um, Man, with, look, with, let's with, let's not just my kids, just when I go watch games. Yo, Jim, at my, at my height, I've never got a tap-in in my life. <laughs> I've Yo, never got a tap-in in my work, life. Dog. Tip in but, two, you know what I'm saying? Shoot up a rough. Let's get it. But if you if you look at it, Jim, that was our that was our skill trainer. We had to learn how to yeah. navigate being on your own 
So that's where our handles yep. came from because we had to, you know, we were well, playing rough out. So. To, 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 yep. to bring it all together, gentlemen, I don't know how to tell you all this, but it ain't never going back. No, it's no, it's to get worse. It's too much money it's, in it to go back. Listen, it's the end of the world. Too much money in it to go back. Capitalism, capitalism brings it's, about the apocalypse. So yo, before that, that's we, what it does. I mean, that's, I mean, it, it literally extracts value and as much value as possible to it. It's almost like um, people that buy rental property and they just basically run it until it falls to the ground and it's done, and then they just mm-hmm. get rid of it. They extract all the value out of it, so it's going to have mm-hmm. to like really just be completely extracted. But now what they're doing is they just they just open it up worldwide. You're going to have parents who will live in Bowie, Maryland, who have to travel to China for an AAU game in like 20, 25 years. And they're going to do it because mm-hmm. nobody wants their kid it. to fall behind. Um, I, I know look how my in our program ass, right now. Look how my now, dumb ass is flying around the country. Right. In my, in my program right now, a fourth grade team is in Nashville, Tennessee this week. <laughs> a fourth grade team is in Nashville, Tennessee this week yeah. at a, at a yeah. tournament. Most of the, that same team, that, that same fourth grade team, was in Orlando, Florida last week for for nationals. Yeah. So it's crazy. Parents got their game the game is, Parents got that chicken. No, my ass is being be driving. I'll be putting the miles on there. But um, I'm gonna tell y'all. I'm gonna tell y'all this. Y'all probably know or listeners may not. My parents never saw me play anything. Same Ever. here, my aunt and uncle. Same, same thing. Same thing. Never saw him play. I came home from Central Gym from from hoop. Uh huh. Watched my uniform. They never seen me in it. Never seen me play. Um, <laughs> I t- my listen, aunt my saw me play football my games, but I ain't one gonna time. lie to y'all. My right. mom came to a couple of my games, and honestly though, I told her to stop coming because every time she came, I stunk it up. So <laughs> that, that's why. <laughs> I don't know what it was. I, to, I, I came to one football every time, game. Yeah, I was terrible. And she came to that game by mistake because the game started <laughs> late. So she was just coming to pick me up. So when she came, we were still playing. So that's the only she time. She didn't really want to watch your ass. No, nah, she didn't really she come there to watch. Accident. Speaking of that, two more things I want to touch on. When you get to high school, the systems are set up now. Every sport, basketball, soccer, baseball, all of that, where the actual school you play for is not even close to your most important team. It's not even close to the most important thing that you're doing. A lot of these kids yeah. don't even want to play for their high school team. No more. Top, uh, top soccer players don't play high school. <laughs> right. like, a lot of these kids don't play for their school unless they have one of those schools that's like, uh, you know, in the national there, scene. There are, there are some exceptions. There are some exceptions, in, and in the Atlanta area, the exceptional schools are the highly concentrated Hispanic populations where those schools are actually good. But a normal high school soccer team. And they probably, and they probably play, play something play a little different than a regular high school schedule, too. They probably travel. Right. Just like, right. Right. Like, like now that never changed. Remember, like, Jim, Gratz was in our division in, in, in high school. And we played everybody in our division, and we played some people outside of our division. Gratz played that same schedule, but then Gratz was going to Vegas and playing uh, King in Chicago and playing all the best teams in the in the nation. So their their schedule was a little bit different than ours, even though, you know, what I'm saying they were in the in the same division as us. Um, 
But like I said, it's in every sport. It's also it's mercenary for hire. In the leagues, all my all, and this is just, this is firsthand. Even even at a young age, all my son's team in the league. It's always just his team. Every time they go to any important quote unquote important travel tournaments, there's always guest players on the team. There's always guest players because yeah. especially in baseball, this is how the coaches run it. Like, you know, we don't, we, we want to develop players. We don't really care much about wins and losses, but when we go to certain tournaments, parents, we are yeah. trying to have a good showing because, you know, your program gets up when you, and then it's always guest players and stuff like that um, in those tournaments. So the last thing I want to talk to y'all about before we move on from this, B, this is a little bit, this is up your alley a little bit. I want to talk about the youth sports that are backed by professional leagues. Now, I see that a lot in baseball. Baseball has a lot of programs that, you, you know, you're actually playing for. Like a, a friend of mine, his son was a, a great left-handed pitcher, baseball prospect, did his senior year at IMG Academy. He now plays for the Memphis Tigers. Um, he wow. played – some youth baseball in the Phillies organization, not even from Philly. Mm -hmm. You know, he lived, he grew up in, born in New York, grew up in Georgia, moved back to Maryland for his junior year, and then they sent him down to Florida for his senior year. Now he's in Memphis. Mm -hmm. He'd probably be eligible for the MLB draft next year. I see that a lot in baseball. I see it a lot in soccer. V, you can attest to this because your boy Mm -hmm. has already played for like two or three MLS youth program. What's the, like, what's it like on that level? <laughs> like, what's the difference on, on that particular level? And what are the um, expectations? Because I don't even know how you do it because you're somebody playing on MLS programs in cities that you don't even live close to. <laughs> yeah, so is that like a mercenary that. for hire thing, or is it just if you're good enough, you can be so, on the team from wherever you are. It, it, it's kind of it's interesting because, again, growing up, our understanding of how professional sports work, and, and to an extent it's based on the sports that we know, right? We knew football, mm-hmm. basketball, and track. That's what we knew. We didn't know anything else. <laughs> the, the Negro but sports. The, the <laughs> exactly. But we think – that we do what we do and we will get noticed or a scout will come to us. In this day and age with the way it all works, and some of this is social media included, yo, you you can't stay stationary in one spot unless you already Lionel Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo. Like, you can't – you have to spread your wings. You got to get out there. You got to get it. Where the action is. You got to get up, get up, get something. <laughs> where the competition Where the competition is. I know for us, for soccer, um, I didn't know what I was doing when I started this journey. I, I didn't understand who – uh, my son now, would become now, now BB out here sticking teams up like yeah you know y'all buy me and my <laughs> wife a house and so he'll come out there <laughs> yeah you got me here well, um, no man it's just send your private jet we'll be out there 
I think the difference between the professional organization's involvement is, you know, they say things that curry that curry favor with the community, and you know, we're we're looking to build a, a great human being and a, and a, a young man of value and integrity, and they say all of that stuff. Nah, they're taking a crop. What they're doing, especially on a soccer level. They're taking a crop of 18 to 20 young men, and they're saying, we're betting on three. We're betting on being able to find one to three in this crop of 20 that has the potential to become a professional for us. And every I was about to say, for them, though, here, like they're trying to keep them in their yeah. organization, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, and, that's, and, and that is the difference between MLS and the rest of the world. But they're, they're trying to find that three, and the rest, the remaining – 17 to 19 players are there because they are good enough to practice at a certain level and create an environment for the guys that they think that can matriculate through their program and become professional. The, the offshoot or the, the benefit as a byproduct of the system is the guys that will never make it pro will now automatically get a college berth. If you, if you fumble your way through an MLS academy, you're going to a minimum of a Division two soccer school, probably a Division one. So that's the benefit if you're able to hack it and stick it out. Um, not all programs are built the same. Um, I tell people all the time, and I'm positive it's the same way with other sports, particularly basketball and probably baseball as well. Man, I don't give a F about these organizations and these clubs, man. It is all about the individual coaches and staff members that you run into that are good people, first thing, they got to love kids. And a lot of these people, you'd be surprised in these organizations. Our listeners may, you, you probably won't. A lot of these people don't love kids. They're in it for the like business. FDK. Or they're, they're in it to remain connected to a sport that they love, and they're living vicariously through the ability to treat these little kids like chess pieces or more aptly checkered pieces as opposed to actually loving the kid, wanting the kid to develop, caring about the kid as a human being. They're they not into all that. So as you uh, – it, It's more about to, them, like what yeah, my reputation yeah. is going to be if I make these kids yeah. good. Yeah. So, my reputation if I make get money. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And and to 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 the point that we came up with initially in this conversation, Jimmy said it best. Capitalism ruins everything. It sucks the value out of all of this potentially. So now you know we're, our our journey is unique and different, and everybody else's is as well. We won't have time to go down that rabbit hole and get into all of that. But what I'm what I'm finding is the involvement of professional teams. Yes. The facilities are are a step or two or three above the the normal club environment. You're getting free gear, you getting the you know you getting the looks, you getting the what do kids call it a flex. You get to walk around in your training gear, so people know this is stuff that regular kids can't get, and you know all all that, all all the stuff that you would imagine comes with it. <laughs> um. It is a different vibe and a different environment when someone else is investing in you. I did some numbers um, for soccer teams, and I, I could be off, but 
generally speaking, to run a professional MLS academy is anywhere from 750000 to a million dollars per team, per team. So the number of teams, now you're seeing academies go to a model where they may only carry three teams. So, for example, Atlanta United was was team heavy. They had, you know, at one point in time, three U12 teams, a U13 team, U14, 15, 16, 17, 18, and then 19. Like, literally, they had all of that. They're scaling that back to where they're going to just carry, when it's all said and done, they're going to carry three teams. And most clubs, that's what they do, pre-academy program that's funded outside, and they'll carry two or three teams at maximum because it's costing them 750000 to a million dollars a year to run each of those teams. So it's big business. It's big business. It's definitely big business. Yo, so I definitely I want to give a shout-out. Oh, go ahead, Jim. Go ahead. No, I just want to say a couple of things. Tobias is not me. Um, also, I want to make sure I put on the record. I want to make sure I put this on the record. Five of you said in the chat that when Binyama is trash, he's going to be the beat 2.0. I just want to put that on the record. That's all. <laughs> Yo, five you tripping. Yeah, he got way too much with him to be the beat. The beat was just tall. The beat was a tall, slew-footed fucker. Like, it, it wasn't no comparison between those two. Um, but I wanted to give a shout-out to my homie, uh, Mario Wimberly, who I went to Howard with, because he's up in Minneapolis doing some work. Um, a lot of the crux yeah, of this conversation was us talking about – Yeah, the, the crux of this conversation was talking about money and how people are priced out. But he's doing something called Soul of the Cities up in the Twin mm-hmm. Cities, um, and it's giving a lot of kids the opportunity who probably wouldn't have the opportunity um, to play – uh, soccer in the form of futsal. Remember, Jimmy, you just learned about futsal like within this this past year. Yeah, yeah. Um, so his league basically combines one hour of community service from each player every week, but they get free meals, um, a, a good environment to play, and you know they get to have these experiences and learn the game, um, <clears throat> basically from families who otherwise wouldn't have been able to do that because, of, like we said, a lot of people oh, are being dope. priced out of stuff that they yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to him. Nah, he's doing, he's uh, we, doing, we got he's a doing few great, shows he's left. Doing great work. I'm thinking, you know, hopefully he's we can doing. get him on the, so he can talk about he's it. Doing, he's, doing, yeah, he's, that's doing dope. God, he's doing God's work, man. Doing yeoman yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know, boy. I don't even know. Hey, you that's 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 Howard days. I'm pretty sure Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's dope to see. I want to support I want to support that. I've even talked to talk to uh, to my junior about that. Like, yo, at a certain point, on a give back tip, to whom much is given, much is expected. So there's a way that we can support, you know, what he's doing because futsal, there is no Jimin as you see him today without futsal. Like futsal, yeah, his handle like that because of futsal. Loves. Because yo, of like, handle like that. Yo, he like Kyrie Ir- he like Kyrie Irving on the on the pitch, on the pitch like. Because yep. on football, you all. gotta you gotta get it like that because you don't have that giant pitch. Like yeah, you yeah. Know, basically negates, playing in the gym. It negates his biggest physical attribute, which is his speed. You can't right. you, you ain't got nowhere to run. So now you right. got to you ain't going full speed for for forty yards. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful game. Um, 
it's yeah, it's it's amazing. The other thing I wanted to talk about paralleling soccer, and this is funny because you asked about the professional side of it. So these kids still in the soccer side of things don't get the opportunity to play pickup. And if you notice all of the greats historically in the sport of soccer, they became great no matter how much training and practice, they became great from the streets. Mm-hmm. They became great from playing pickup and pickup activities. So one of the things I've been conscious of is finding my son opportunities to play pickup. And what that means <laughs> I saw Honestly, that that one time you was you was out there. It looked like y'all was damn near under a bridge or something like that. Went to some yeah, secret pickup yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, we find out there we, on this white man can't jump looking for. We find the Hispanic. We find mind. the Hispanic community and we find the African and Caribbean community because they still have pickup soccer as an essential part of their culture. You can still find guys and kids that have never played club. Why? Because they can't afford to pay 2000 3000 a year, and they're still nice. And you get into these communities, and you basically go hoop, and you have to have that. Now, conversely, I've seen kids that are playing at the highest level in America, in MLS academies, out there in Atlanta United, that have never played pickup soccer. They've never played pickup soccer. So then you look at the U.S. men's national team and you wonder why they can't beat the top of the top because they don't have any creativity. They don't have the creativity. They don't have the grit. They don't have the competitiveness that comes from playing in the streets. Soccer and basketball are direct parallels. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. And so you have a whole generation of U.S. soccer players that are growing up based on training, their parents dragging them to training, making them train, and that college shit that you said is real. Like you have a lot of black parents that are looking at soccer. I'm I'm on my stereotype, so go ahead and offer the disclaimer. These are the thoughts of me and not the world. (laughs) You have a lot of black parents, particularly moms, that don't want their kids to play football, American football, because of the risks of head injury. So they'll push their kids towards soccer. And it's not necessarily for fun. It's to get that college scholarship. It's to get that college scholarship. And so these kids are training, training, training without real purpose. Yo, you going to practice, you going to play in these games, you doing it and, and you know you receive accolades and and you receive certain support for it and validation. But do you love it? Are you doing it of your own accord? Where's the intrinsic motivation? It's not there. You're forced and pushed into it. So the love isn't there. Two things, the love isn't there and the creativity isn't there because soccer and basketball are both artistic sports. Kyrie Irving is an artist. Well, you know, in youth sports, that's always the threat from parents when they're paying a bunch of money for you to play at a certain level. And, and you're not playing well, you don't look like you love it, the threat is always, I mean, if you're going to be like that, then, you know, I mean, if you just want to do it for fun, we can, you can go play county ball somewhere. We ain't got to pay all this money to do this. And yeah. really, I don't think the kid would really care. <laughs> the kid yeah. probably wouldn't yeah, care. You, That's just care. a threat, and that threat never works because it's actually the parent who's going to go back on that threat. But, yo, I want to um, 
my my closing at least, you know, y'all can do whatever, but the last thing I want to say about this whole thing is, I mean, we talk about the money and the money, you know, because of the money that's out there, I've seen some beautiful facilities in every youth sport, you know, major tournament that I've ever been to. And it's one of those things that if you love this particular game, it's it's like it's like heaven. And I be trying to tell my players that, especially when we go up to Pennsylvania, we go to Spooky Nook, and it's 40 basketball courts with hoops going on at the same time, 40 games going on at the I same time. If you are a hoop head, that is basketball heaven. When we went to the you know the the big baseball tournaments, um, you know they got. 10 fields of, of baseball going on all at once. If you are a, a baseball purist, you love baseball, that's like baseball heaven for you. Um, shoot, when I came to see my, when I came to see nephew play soccer, y'all were here. I'm riding through, it's like 17 regulation size fields, soccer fields, and a stadium. Yo. <laughs> and and a stadium. That's like, crazy. The facilities that they've put together for this stuff so you can be in a certain place and all of this is happening at once. It's just like sensory overload of whatever you love. Like, that's the part that I love that I hope I could pass on to my kids for whatever games that they're playing. Like, I, you know, like I said, coaching basketball, I'll be try- I say that to my kids every time we're at a big tournament like that. Because, Jim, I know you can attest to this. Even when we played in major tournaments in high school, um, what would be our equivalent of AAU when we played in the Contra Hocking tournament because, you know, those weren't just our high school teams. They put different people from different high schools on this team and you go, you play in the Contra Hocking tournament. This is the tournament where we, you know, saw an 11th grade Kobe Bryant in this tournament. But, Jim, I don't know if you remember the Contra Hocking tournament. It was just one court. It was one gym. So it was a bunch of games yeah. lined all day. We finished – Soon as we, soon as we, soon as the buzzer go off, the other two teams come out, lay up drills. But can you imagine tournament being, the facilities being good enough to where you can have 20, 30, 40 games going on all at one time? That is hoop heaven, you know. So shout out to the, the Skyview building and the, and the stuff that they get to, to experience. Because, you know, I, I tell my son that all the time. I'm like, dude. And I was telling them this two years ago. I'm like, yo, you're 10 years old, and you've already played in three times as many gyms as I've played in in my entire life. And I played, I hooped every goddamn day <laughs> because I wanted to. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wasn't just on the schedule for a game or for practice. I hooped every day. But he's played in so many more gyms. And the craziest part about it is that he played in, he's played in gyms that I've played in. They played at Glen Mills. They played a tournament at Glen Mills last year, Jim. <laughs> I'm like, come on, son. This is a full circle moment right here. But uh, y'all got anything else before we move on? Because this is something we could talk about all day. Like I said, maybe with a few shows left, you know, if we have some more points to add to this. Or if anybody listening wants to add some points and some more stuff for us to talk about, we could do that on a later episode. But um, y'all got anything before we move on? <clears throat> And finish and zip this show up. Yo, man, I need. No, uh, man. Other than I need uh, help on my go fund, on my GoFundMe, yo. man. Yo, I'm about, to, I'm about to get off my pride, John, and start putting some of them Jones out too. 
This stuff getting expensive, yo. <laughs> I be sitting here like, yo, if I throw out a GoFundMe, man, people gonna be like, oh, that broke. I ain't broke, but god damn. Goddamn right, I'm broke. Gas, hotels, <laughs> and B. Austin's case, he slights. It's, it's, it gets it gets crazy out there. All right, so before we go to the phone line, because I'm pretty sure Tobias is probably on the phone line, let's just uh, get the quote of the week and the stat of the week real quick. Quote of the week: <clears throat> I didn't think it was funny. There's nothing funny about it. I was kind of embarrassed. I was like traumatized. And that's a quote from Larsa Pippen when she was asked about the, the, you know, the video we've all probably seen by now of TMZ or somebody asking Michael Jordan if he approves of Larsa Pippen's relationship with his son, and he said no. So she's you know, seemingly embarrassed by that now because I remember a few months ago she came out and said that she had Mike's blessing. I don't know, you know if she was capping or not, but um, publicly Mike said, nah, he don't approve of it. But he also was trying to get in the car right. and trying to get away from the, the media or whatever. So what do y'all think? I, so I would think me, even so. with Pip doing what he's doing, Jim, I would think Mike still wouldn't be want to be in the middle of the situation. He'd probably think on some level it's messed up and it's and it looks bad on him that his son is doing this. But his son has grown. He can't tell him nothing. And then, Listen, you know, man. Uh, one thing, one thing that I, I've always said <clears throat> is I respect the way uh, Mike moves. Not, not, not a sartorial game, but the way he moves. Like Mike, don't be seeking attention. He don't care about attention, and he don't want none of that. Right? He just want to gamble, wear terrible clothes, and mess with uh, Latina women. That's all he want to do. He don't right. want to be bothered with y'all. So Look, I, I, Mike I, has I, had I, way I, too I much attention in his life. Is. I can see how he want to just lay low now. Yeah, he don't want none of this, man. So he don't mess with that, man. And yo, to Larson, man, I got some words for you, Larson. Stop, yo. Keep talking. Huh? <laughs> you keep talking, man. And you shut the fuck up. Huh? Because the next thing you don't know. Huh? Rest in, peace. Rest in peace to Baba Dick Gregory. And that's to you, Larson. No doubt. And for everybody out there, just, just backtracking real quick. If you pay thousands of dollars and your kid, you know, be out there dogging it and wasting your money. Anybody have any children, beat your children. Go home. That's all, you know. (laughs) Just nip that in the bud. Beat your kids. All right, so um, our stat of the week, just a number, 84. And 84 (laughs) represents Jamal Murray's rating on NBA 2K24. And Jamal Murray took to social media to say how he doesn't understand it. And, you know, because we've talked about throughout the years how players really take their NBA 2K rating pretty seriously. Now I'm going to give you all some some comparisons. I don't think – I'm not saying Jamal Murray is on the level of these players, but the highest rating – in the game this coming season is 97, and five people have a 97 rating. That's Embiid, that's Giannis, that's LeBron, that's Joker, and that's Luka. Um, shout out to LeBron getting a 97 when he about to be like 40 years old. Um, he probably doesn't deserve a 97, but he is LeBron. Yeah, probably not. Where, do y'all think that's a, that's a, le- that's a, that's a legacy case? play? 
Because for me, Jamal Murray is one of those players uh-huh. where he steps it up in certain moments, but I don't know where I actually place Jamal Murray as far as the hierarchy of the league. You know what I mean? I mean, he's one I, of those. I, I totally I agree. Above an eighty-four, though. I totally I agree with above that. eighty-four. But that's separate. Yeah, that's I separate think, and distinct now, from I haven't eighty-four. Played 2K since like twenty ten, so I don't even know like how good an eighty four. No, dog, be. put it like this. But it sounds like disrespectful. It, it sounds disrespectful. He, Should he it, be it, like it, a eighty eight? Maybe eighty nine. And, and I think Luke Luca nor Brian deserve to be up there. I think that and B, uh, Giannis and Joker. I mean, they they literally playing like um you know they playing uh tennis with the MVP trophy over the last like at this point how many years has it been since one of those three haven't won? Like <laughs> it's like five years or something like that. I think the last like, one was like, Harden. Years, something like that. So, and we know the last time Harden was good. <laughs> yeah, so they they they're playing like you know they, they, those three dudes are the best three players in the league. They'll probably be one, two, and three in MVP again. Like, I don't know. People kind of turned on Embiid, but anyway, um, yeah. you know, even so, if he's playing well enough but to 84, be in the top three, he's not gonna get voted in the top three. Yeah, I agree. So, but but eighty four is kind of <laughs> tough, man. I would love to see uh, where they place Booker because I Booker Booker might be a slightly better, but I kind of put them guys in the same boat. So I don't know right. where they have Booker at. Although for some reason, um, Booker has kind of like uh, maybe it's the Kardashian thing. He's made himself more popular, but I put them two dudes kind of in the same space. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's it's hard to for me, and that's a good name that you brought up because it's hard for me to place um, a Jamal Murray and a and a Booker. Um, but I actually Booker is probably more consistently good, but Jamal Murray turns it up in way more important situations. So that has to count for something. So I'm like. Yeah, if, if if you can't place him, maybe give him an 89. <laughs> you right before 90, but 84 does sound a little bit yo. disrespectful, especially yo, for a dude who was a part of a one-two punch that just won the NBA title. That's that's a little. That's I just yo, looked it Dylan, up and they yo, say Dylan that looks like an 82, 83. Well, not 84. Oh yeah, if that's the case. This is what I'm saying, right? So I just looked it up and they got Devin Booker at a 92. All right, so yeah. even if you say Devin, Devin Booker's Booker a little much better, better than, it's than not. Jamar. It's not ninety two eighty four, doggy. Like, come on, what are we right. going? If he had ninety two, Jamal that was Murray personal, should be a <laughs> Somebody, yeah. somebody he, was he, mad. He, smashed, he smashed somebody. Like, he smashed somebody, girl. Yeah, either that or it's like they, they mad Denver won the title. Like, I can't do that to Joker. That would be too obvious. So let me. <laughs> or they disrespecting him because he wear, they disrespecting him because he wear that trash ass chin strap around his neck. And his hair, yeah, his whole haircut in general is, is a little trizzy. All right, no, but yeah, shout out to shout out to Brown, man. Shout out to Brown. Um, yeah, we got a we got another stat of the week though too, because uh, Tobias is something another stat of the week. I, think, I mean, did we go over the stat of the week yet? Yeah, the, the eighty four was the stat of the week. But go ahead. All right, so we got the second stat of the week. That was the stat of the week. All right, so the second stat of the week is this: Lonzo Ball hasn't played an NBA game since he was twenty two <laughs> years old, and he's now twenty five. <laughs> he's like thirty now. <laughs> oh, is he? Oh, he's twenty five. Damn. What is wrong with his legs? What's wrong with his legs, man? Damn, that's crazy. That's crazy. All right, so Jim, let's uh tell tell everybody. Let's just go down real quick. What happened this week? While everybody was on the grind, so we can get Tobias on, we can get up out of here. All right, man. So Tobias, I'm gonna be very, very brief, brother. It's not me. I'm just letting you know that again. 
Um, it's brought to you by Digital Stream Technologies. Bottom line, digital stream it's tech. your sport. 4203 But it's time to talk about what happened while you won the Grizz Nye. Um, I ain't really got nothing to say about this. We kind of talked about this, but the NBA approved the rule change, making flopping a technical foul. And yeah. coaches will also get a second challenge after a successful challenge. And I agree with that, too. Yeah, I mean, that one's definitely cool. I mean, it's going to make the game longer, the the challenge thing. The whole flopping thing, I'm still in the mindset of, you know, because last week they were just doing it in summer league and they were voting on it. So, obviously, Jimmy just told you all the vote got approved. Um, I believe it when I see it. Because um, it's also a situation where they don't have to call it right away. So, I think people are going to be deliberating. I'm wondering if it's going to be like the people in Secaucus. And they call them up like, yo, two two plays ago, that was a flop dog. So that might be mm. in play. But it's also a situation where it doesn't mean that a foul won't be called um, in favor of the flop person, but they can still be penalized after the fact with a technical foul. So say, yo. say Jimmy, I came down the lane and Jimmy really did foul me. All right, so the foul counts, and they called the foul, but I tried to sell the foul so much, so I jumped out into the crowd, got beer on me and all that kind of stuff. Shout out to Brian. Um, they can still go back and call that. So I'll believe it when I see it because when you start costing your team possibly games and wins, that's when I think they'll finally crack down on it because it didn't, it didn't work when they hit their wallets because all of you dudes uber rich, especially the ones who are out there flopping. Yo. They got a higher stake in this. Market smart. Market we'll smart. And lost half his value. He lost half his value with his new rules. Yeah, Mark is smart. Luckily, you can't get ejected for these type of flops because they're not unsportsmanlike type penalties. But they, they do count be. towards your technical foul fines. I don't know if it counts towards technical foul suspensions. So you'll so they're, get, call, they're you'll, calling the flop on both sides, offense and defense? Supposedly. You're supposed to be just calling flops. And it, like I said, it doesn't have to happen right Chris away. Paul, Chris Paul be flopping like on offense crazy. Remember Chris Paul tried to get a full court like and one like ball got close to him and he flopped and threw the ball down the court like like he was really like he was really shooting from the other side of the court. Foh Chris Paul, you out of pocket. Anyway, um, with that being said, uh, surveillance footage reveals that Britney Spears exaggerated her ordeal with Wimby, having beef with Wimby. This is, this is the wildest way to start your career beef with Britney Spears, but obviously she had product dropping, like we always say, everything's a rollout. Right, she definitely had something that came out this week. Because <laughs> she said she got back slapped, no she got backhanded, when really dude just pushed her hand off of Wimby's back, shoulder, whatever she was tall enough to touch, and she hit herself in the face. So it was like, slap yourself, slap yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and, and also, everybody out there, if you haven't yet, check out Quarterback on Netflix. With uh, Kermit D. Frog and um, others following him for the season, you know I want to know how your man got followed. Like, why, why is he a part of the show? It's Mahomes, that to me, uh, Kirk Cousins, and and Marcus Mariota. If you think about it, and I don't know if they did why this on is Marcus purpose, Mariota. You kind of got the three levels. You got the the you know, somebody <laughs> okay. in the goat, kind of the best in the league. You got Kirk Cousins, that's kind of mid. You got and whoa. some cheat. <laughs> all right, so, all right, well, shout out to all three of them, man. Anyway, last thing I got to talk about is, man, what's up with y'all man, Asante Samuel, who uh, 
ever since he's uh, retired, Asante Samuel has been on the rampage to tell everybody how great he was. And he's been on Twitter having words with pretty much every cornerback to ever play in the NFL, past and present. He specifically went at uh, your man Sauce Gardner and um, Darrell Revis. He called Revis trash, and, you know, he's just been going in. And Revis called him trash, so, you know, um, that was a big thing this past week on Twitter. What's up with your man Asante Samuel, y'all? I think Asante's corny in his old age, man. Like, you don't have to go at everybody else to to, to be remembered and get your props. Because he's trying to blame Sauce and Revis on New York media. Revis wasn't what he was because of New York media. Sauce got rated where he was because of executives, players. Yo! Um executive players and all of those people voted. So it really, it had nothing to do with the New York media, but to sit here and act like he doesn't understand why Revis was good or why people thought he was good. That's when he's taking it too far. Like, come on, Asante, you got something well, to say about everybody now. Hey, Go write a book. Hey, hey Asante, yo. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Crazy part, crazy part about NFL players is some of them dudes probably not even suffering from that, but that's that's like a built-in excuse. If I was in the NFL and I got called out doing anything wrong after I retired, you already know what it is. I'd be like, man, my head hurts. Y'all know that right now. I got a headache. <laughs> yo, exactly. They'd be, like, they'd be like, yo, why are you online calling women bitch? Yo, my head, yo. I got a headache. Um, anyway, with that being said, <laughs> with that being said, that's what happened while you were on the Grizz Naive, man. We can move on, like get to buy some before we go with what happened. As a matter of fact, if you want to, I mean, that'll be you. How you want to play it? You know, we got yeah, to take sports history, but the bias is in All right, this is Dayton Sports History brought to you by Sports the Book. Go pick up your copy at sportsthebook.com, warroomsports.com. Uh, we'll get this in quickly so we can get to the homie waiting on the line. All right, this date in sports history, July 13th, 2019, after Atlantic League and MLB partnership rule changes, Southern Maryland Blue Crabs outfielder Tony Thomas becomes the first player in professional baseball history to steal first base in a 7-2 win versus the Lancaster Barnstormers. And before I saw this, I didn't know stealing first base was an actual thing. So I read the rule on it, and it's like at any time, like at any time that the catcher doesn't catch the ball in flight. So if it's a wild pitch, a pass ball, the ball goes to the backstop, he drops it, you can take your chance and try to bolt the first base. But if you're thrown out, pass ball, and, you know, your at-bat just started, it's the first pitch of the at-bat. Like you got to think, am I going to try to do this and waste my whole at-bat or, or whatever? So I guess that's why we've probably never seen anybody do it or anybody attempt it. But shout out to the bull who did it. And uh, this, uh, we like to give a war room salute to this historical moment in sports. It might be the first and last time you ever see it unless the ball really, really, really gets away from Yo, I don't know. Be awesome. Can you hear that? No, that ball gone. He left us. I'm back. I keep yeah, getting I told, man. I keep getting told. I said a whole yeah. bunch of stuff, but either way, man, let's, let's salute to the to the <laughs> to the situation, man. Yeah. Let's go to the phone line. Yeah, salute to still first, man. Let's get the bias on, man. I think yeah. the bias. Yeah, I said a whole lot of that, stuff. That, and that I heard the the thing that told me 
I was no longer on. I'm like, oh, man, come on. <laughs> All right, we got Tobias. Tobias, what's up, good brother? I bet if y'all have Fred not knowing what he's talking about, self, come on. Y'all bring him on, but make me wait till the show ends. And I know I'll be talking about. Hey, man, listen, man. What me. Yeah, I don't know who was bloviating out there and not having a hand on Twitch, but I know who it is. Probably be Austin, man. That was a white man. Be Austin to brought him on Twitter. Uh, you know, by the way, fellas, right, right, right now, I am calling from God's country right now, Montgomery, Alabama, you know, uh, God's country. Oh, boy. But, uh, oh, boy. Hey, hey, by the way, three, like when I graduated high school, I graduated with Jefferson Davis. The other one's name was Robert E. Lee. Sitting in there was a Confederate, and then we had George Washington Carver, the Tokyo School, but that was deep in the hood. But they was, they sucked the sports for so long because they bust all those kids over there to the school I went to. You know, put that in the sports book. Uh, we know how that is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that, that's the same names like, of the you, schools you, you, in my, where my wife is from in Virginia. She went to Robert yeah. Lee Middle, <laughs> yeah. like Jefferson Davis yeah. Elementary. So, too. so, yo, so yo. White, so, white so you back there? You back there visiting it. some of them? Uh, some of them pale ladies you went to high school with? Yeah, yeah, I don't know how these sound. We know we. He a superstar when he come back. The white chick. Oh no, I don't yeah, do that. Nah, why. nah, we, nah. We, we, we know, we know exactly why Tobias is down there. We know exactly why. If you want some <laughs> barbarian coochie, be my guest. If you that thirsty that you need some barbarian coochie, go get you some barbarian. <laughs> Coochie, and I hope she got hey. some. It, nah, it's hillbilly here, Phoenix Scottsdale. Yeah, that that they be bad off over there. That's why athletes love being in Phoenix. But uh, one thing, like they were talking about when people got mad at oh, Wimby when he said like the game is less physical in the states than it is in Europe, and I'm like, where's the lie? The paint's not clogged. Guys can't even throw an entry pass anymore, and plus. You know, guys they, aren't. You can't guys don't learn how to. Now. They don't want to throw entry passes. Entry to who? Won't do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And like they play a game where they actually do. Cause like when you watch Wendy, all these people in the media are three pointer. Like the dude's not a good three point shooter. Why not? Why y'all want to take away his size advantage? The dude could block anything that's moving, and y'all want him standing at three point line. <laughs> you know, if you watch him play, he has a well rounded game, and it. And I, and I do think defensively he could be all defense, probably second year, depending on how many blocks he get, how many games he plays. He could be all defense, but folks just need to wait for him offensively. Cause the guy's 19 years old, and I think the yeah. media forgets about that with him. He's 19. Everybody ain't Brian. Media, media don't care. I'm about to say Brian yeah. was 19. Everybody else was 19. They ain't care. Yeah, because they don't. What Kenny Smith say? He's going to be league MVP by year four. <laughs> yes. Dang. Just put the Look target right on my man. To win MVP. Look how long it took Shaq to win MVP. Right. Uh, you know, look how, you know, look how long it took Mike. You know, Kobe to got win a MVP. lifetime achievement MVP. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They were like, hey, I'm sorry, man. We gave it to Steve Nash. No, besides the fact that, that you carried Bush Parker and Jordan Farmar to the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> you know, dark time I forgot Jimmy, about Jordan Farmer. Yeah. yeah, Jordan Farmer probably <laughs> insulted by that. Like, how you ain't forget about Smush, but you forgot about me? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, you already lying. I said it's Bush first. Remember that. But I just think, like, when you watch it, summer league and stuff, uh, one, these cats are already getting hurt. That's probably why you team like, man, we shutting folks down. Uh, but with the summer league, I noticed it because first time, like, I watched in a couple of years, man, you got a bunch of guys fighting for spots. And it's like, man. And it'd be guys that you heard of, like Dennis Smith Jr. Like, he was just a lottery pick a couple of years ago, and he's <laughs> up there fighting for a spot. It's just crazy how quickly yo, things Yo, change. Dennis Smith Jr., yo, Tobias, I'd be forgetting about him. Yeah, I'd be forgetting about dude, man. Yeah. yeah, I think a lot of people missed on him. I might have thought he was going to yeah. be good. Yeah. Hey, so he'd jump high he'd be a good there. player. And then it's like, I was, you know, uh, he just how, how you think like, Humpgate going to affect Jalen Green? Oh, uh, I'm surprised <laughs> they ain't trade him. That's why if I was Philly, I'd be trying to trade hard in Houston for Jabari Smith. Uh, I'd be like, hey, give me Jabari, 16 guy who can shoot and get his own shot. That's what I would have done. Uh, get him out of there, get him out of thing. Humpville. Yeah, Yo, yeah, I don't think. Jalen Green was fucking the shit out of the ball. Hey. <laughs> Imagine, imagine, imagine he was on the on Jeff Teague podcast, no matter what Jeff Teague would have said to him. Uh, I'm telling mm-hmm. <laughs> Hey, be off. You missed this. Yo, Jalen Green Jeff gave Teague, my favorite, uh, five seconds of hell, yo. He was humping the shit hey, out of the Hey, be off it. You missed this one. <laughs> Jay, uh, Jeff Teague on his podcast called Scotty, said Scotty Pip looked like a stressed out Indian. Then he said, my bad dog. Shout out Red <laughs> Dot Game. <laughs> <laughs> yo, yo! But when he said yo, it, Jeff I knew exactly the photo that he was talking about too. Yeah. Before they even, I knew exactly the photo when he had the straight back yo, braids, all the wrinkles on his face. He looked like the Washington Redskins logo. Hey, yo! These are the thoughts of Devin. These are not the thoughts of Warren. But yo, Jeff Teague is the greatest uh, former athlete Potter right now. Yo, his stories are absolutely insane. Yo. His C-Max story was insane. But, the, 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 yo, yo, Tobias, did you see the story where he was talking about how he was hating on his own team and hoping they lost because he wasn't getting no clock? Yes. You saw the one where he was mad. He was like, Steph, he was like, baby, stop that whole ass stuff, man. <laughs> he was mad. Steph was shaking yeah, on him. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. Yo, who he was like, why you play hard? Yes. Yeah, like, where was this at? <laughs> but, you know, one thing also uh, – I I just you know you watch this league and it's like Damian Lillard right. I thought he should have asked for the trade last year because the team at the end of the day is going to do what's best for them, and uh, especially when you don't have a no trade clause. Uh, and now I'm not mad at him for signing the extension for sixty plus million a year. Only a fool would have turned that down. My bad. You know, David West would have turned that down to sign like, or these guys would take buyout to hope they win a title. Those guys would have been dumb enough to do it. But like, like Portland said, okay, Scoot Henderson's shout a point guard. Shout out to Dennis Schroeder. Yeah. Oh, and he's, he's never back on the Lakers. Him. That's the funny Dennis part. Dennis is not shrewd. <laughs> Dennis is dumb. Hey, but like Portland got Scoot Henderson. He needs to play. He needs his reps. He don't need to be on the same team as Dame Lillard because Dame is on a whole different schedule. So Portland might not get everything <laughs> not really. they want. 
Portland might not get everything they want out of this unless they get a third team involved, and I think they'll get a third team involved. What do you guys think is going to happen? Uh, I mean, I think they would have to, but because uh, that, you know, that that Miami Hall, I just wouldn't think it was enough yeah. if I was the Blazers. I'm not, you know, I'm trying to do right by Dame, quote unquote, but not trying to strap. I mean, Miami organization Miami, anymore than Miami, they already are. They got some sort of three team deal where they they talk about getting um, uh, Tyler Hero plus three first round picks. Okay. But, you know the crazy part. Is, Portland doesn't need another guard. They could use a Brandon Ingram type. They got Scoot. They got Anthony Simons. They got, you know, they got, a, they got some good guards. Yeah. 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 Why do you I'm need Tyler Hero? I'm, I know look. exactly. I can tell you exactly what Portland needs to be competitive for a title. It ain't Tyler that Hero. To move out of Portland. Move out of Portland. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey. They, I, I, we, they we need, need a hero, but not named Tyler. <laughs> Jimmy reminds me. Remember, about twenty years ago, baseball was talking about get rid of some teams. I said, we need Jimmy out there. Ain't no more yeah. Sacramento. Ain't no OKC. Cause OKC may well, end up moving back to Seattle. Cause you know OKC might end up moving back to Seattle because they can't get funding for a, a new arena. Who didn't see that coming? That'd be crazy if they went back to where they came from. Yeah, they should have <laughs> never left. And, and, then, and then you got this klutz of a commissioner. Uh, What's his goon's name? David uh, Adam Silver, Mister Mister. I let my kids eat ice cream at six in the a.m. for breakfast. Commissioner, what is this? What is this NCAA tournament going to accomplish? The guys barely want to play the playoff games, much less play in the NCAA tournament. The more, uh, Adam Silver got kids. You know, I'm gonna tell you what's going. No, 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 no. He's saying basically he let he let everybody do whatever they want to do, like letting the kids oh. eat breakfast early in the morning, like let them do whatever uh. they want to do. Okay, I thought so, you were being so, literal. So, I'm like, I thought yeah. Bull was. No, no, I, 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 I thought he was Jalen Green. Bias, but the thing yeah. is, that midseason tournament ain't for the players, man. That's for his corporate sponsors, man. That's so he can throw Microsoft on it and, you know what I mean, get a little bit of that, uh, you know, Wells Fargo money. That ain't about the players. That's about getting that chicken. Put some Uvo yeah. on it. <laughs> Kawhi. You know, the funny thing is, people talking about they may bring, like, sign Kawhi to Clippers because they got a new stadium. One, find me 20,000 Clippers fans. Two, why are we banking on a stadium with a guy who won't play? Why are we building it? It's like even Paul, like, it's what happened is injuries and low management. I mean, but that, that, was, hurt that was perfect timing. Kawhi lined the whole league up, though. That was perfect timing. He came off a historical run, historical it's, season. It's, it's more Clippers fans than you think, though. It was kind, yeah, It's kind of like the youth sports thing that we were talking about. Like, yeah. a lot of people – all time in L.A. were priced out of being Lakers fans. <laughs> it was expensive yeah. to be a yep. Lakers fan back in the day. Yeah. I mean, if yeah, you ever wanted like to actually see your team, you know, you couldn't get into the forum. <laughs> yeah. Cause you I could only get like in the Staples year. Center when the Clippers were playing. Yeah, because last year I paid $400 to watch the Bulls play the Suns and got embarrassed. Yeah, I was hot. Uh, you know, but, uh, I was, you know, yeah, that ain't fun. Uh, you know, that's the worst. But you know, when you uh but it's like Paul George doesn't have a market right now. Like people ain't like they talking about Philly and it's like, why are we gonna give up Tyrese Maxey for a guy that might play half the season of Paul George because he's been beat up and we still got a low manager on too. And we got M B who's who gonna miss some games because of his injury history. Now, don't get me wrong, about Philly I would take Paul George but I ain't giving up Maxey. 
Uh, <laughs> you know. No, nah, I wouldn't. I but wouldn't give up Maxi for Paul George because that's a whole. That's a whole different look. Like the whole thing with Dame, it's like, all right, you bringing back a another smaller guard. Like you don't really need Dame and Maxi at the same yeah. time. But if you were to trade Harden for Paul George, Paul George can play anywhere from the one to the three. So Maxi, you know, yeah, Maxi can and, still and good, yeah. do what he do. You know what else? So yeah, that'd that'd be a much better trade for me. <clears throat> And then the, the Clippers have pieces, also like nice rotation pieces. And man, and Norm Powell, the only black guy no name Norman since the old WCW wrestled Norman Smiley. Uh, you know, those are only two black people I know named Norman. Yeah. But, Norman uh, leaving though. If they if if they do end up getting Harden, there's no way Harden and Norm Powell are going to be on the team together. He's going to be a part of that trade. You're not going to let the Clippers have all them dudes. Norm Powell's a pretty yeah. good player, low key. Yeah, and then you got Terrence Mann off the bench with like energy guy. I would actually look into that from Philly because right now you also need pieces who can shoot who ain't scared. I always use that metric. Or you can't be scared. And I think because Maxi is 22, and it's going to be worth that max extension. And uh, you got to pay him because he's 22. But you get some people like that, you may get a pick out of the Clippers. The thing that hurts the most with these NBA trades is the salary's got to come so close to matching. Heck, the Angels may trade Otani, hopefully, to the Dodgers. Uh, they could dump him for prospects. The NBA, we got to match salaries because we are afraid of big market teams being good, even though the big market teams bring in the fans. And also, let's just be honest here, guys. The Knicks have been a mess since I've been alive. The Bulls, besides the Michael Jordan year, has been a mess. And the Lakers, eh, they've been a mess also for a while. So... <laughs> The the Lakers are up at some point in every decade though, so at least they can yep, say they that. are. Some of these teams, yep, they are garbage. But for you know like what though? Decades at a time. But the, the thing is, because we got we could be real here, the Thunder got a lot of young players. They're not even going to be able to keep all those young players, partly because of the CJ McCollum uh, CBA that came out. You can't, you can't keep all <laughs> not, these people. They were going to be able to keep but, all them players. But even CJ if you can train somebody. You but that's what you do, somebody. the assets. The cream rises to the yeah. top, and you find a way to keep the ones, the two or three that end up being the best ones. Even the white boys don't want to live there. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, even the white boys don't be happy about Utah. When last time I seen a white guy be hugging and happy, he got drafted to Utah. It doesn't happen. Trust me. <laughs> Phoenix has a big Mormon population, and I'll just leave it at that because uh, I don't want y'all getting banned. But, uh uh, but it's but see the NBA. I think because the problem is you sign a bad contract, you're stuck. Maybe make it fifty percent match, and that you can actually get off stuff. Because I remember the Bulls signed Carlos Boozer. We were stuck till they did the amnesty clause because no one wanted that salary. And I and I just think that's something the league should do right there. Because the NFL, for instance, I'm the last thing. Make the Chiefs. They could trade Pat Mahomes now for a fourth round pick straight up. It just ain't had a cat in numbers. <laughs> and Borg got like a $500 million contract. No matter. Teams will make it work. But, yeah, but uh, but I know you guys got to run because I know you guys got to take y'all kids to these fancy, uh, or these fancy sports things, you know, where y'all the only black kids on the team. You know, I understand. Man. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> hey, shout out to y'all, man, because y'all, be, y'all kids playing league where all the kids got their black daddy. And, uh, and, and ain't mama's friend out there trying to latch on, if you get what hey. I'm saying. 
that's a that's a funny thing is though I know a couple of those, but that is yeah. another beautiful thing about it though, because for all that they say about us, when you look around mm-hmm. and see so many black dads, like you know, it's 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 bucking with me. Yeah, Even exactly. in drafts, because you don't see past years in a draft. You see yeah, more I'm dudes with their dad. Different demographic. Yeah. I like how they highlight that. And uh, now don't get me wrong. I still say I'm going to get me a white woman pregnant and name the kid Jalen so I know he'll make the league. Uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, 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 hey, I know you guys got to run. You got to take it easy. And I'm going to send B also the postcard from God's country. Full All right, my dude. We'll talk to you next week. I'm going to put a sheet in the cross. I'm very proud to be African-American. But I'm also very proud that my wife is white. <laughs> All right, man. Let's get up out of here. It looked like uh, Jimmy might have been having some technical difficulties, so we're going to get up out of here. Uh, either way, so we just like to... Uh, thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us for another briefing in the war room. Shout out to everyone in the chat room, Neil Skyview, uh, Twitter, Instagram, our group chat, and all the callers. Uh, there, were, there actually were a couple more on the line, but, hey, we waited so long to get to buy some, we weren't getting no more. And so sorry about that, guys. If we didn't get to you, uh, try to call in next week. But uh, shout out to everybody who did get through. Uh, on any medium to chop it up with us. Tune in next week live right here on demand as we catch you up on all the sports and entertainment news of the week. So until then, enjoy the rest of your week, your weekend, and we'll see you right back here next time. Be sure to catch our conversations on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, maybe even Thread, as as, as our blogs, webcasts, and, and network podcasts can be found on warroomsports.com. Also, make sure you pick up a copy of Jimmy's book, at sportsthebook.com or warroomsports.com. Until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity and be steadfast in war against ignorance. We'll see you cats on top.
War Room Sports, www.warroomsports.com. What? Ain't no more to it.